What's going on, guys? You're listening to Moonlight Madness on Weagle 91.1 from 7 to 8 p.m. every Thursday. I'm Jacob Goins, and over the next hour, I'll be discussing the hottest topics in sports around the country and around Auburn athletics. Follow me on Twitter at Goins2Jacob, that's G-O-I-N-S, the number two, Jacob, for all show updates and other sporting news. Let's get into the show. What's going on, guys? Welcome into Moonlight Madness here on Weagle 91.1 FM. I'm your man, Jacob Goins, and it is Thursday night, November 11th, 2021. We are in the heart of fall here on the plains. The weather has dropped. The leaves are changing colors. And I'll tell you what, this is my favorite time of the year. We're getting into the heart of football season. Basketball season's underway. And all of the professional sports are going strong. So I'll tell you what, it's exciting times in the sports world. I'm really excited to get back in here this week. Tell you what, there's been a lot going on in the sports world. There's been a lot going on in my life with school and stuff here with the radio station. It's been crazy this week, I won't lie. So I'm really excited to come in here, talk to you guys for the next hour, kind of escape reality a little bit, and give you my opinions on everything going on in the sports world. Just a little update. We are on every uh, podcast platform that's out there, Spotify, Apple Music, uh, Google Podcast, Amazon, all of those things, so you can find Moonlight Madness wherever you get your podcast. Of course, Moonlight Madness is every Thursday from 7 to 8 p.m. little update on some broadcasts coming up here on Weagle tomorrow night. I will talk about this here in a little bit, but just want to go ahead and mention it. Tomorrow night at 5 o'clock, we will be live from the Auburn Soccer Complex. It will be Aiden Kowalski and myself with Gavin in the studio. We will be doing the Auburn Soccer NCAA Tournament game. They will be hosting Samford for the first round of the NCAA tournament. That will be live right here on Weagle 91.1 FM or on WEGLFM.com. So just an update on an upcoming broadcast here at the station. Well, that's going to do it for news, so let's jump into the big three. So starting off tonight, the big three number one. It's been a big day for signings in the NFL. We had two breaking news signings today. Two big-name players, big-time performers, changing teams today. So starting with the first one that broke this afternoon, of course, everybody knows Odell Beckham Jr. was released from the Cleveland Browns. There was a falling out between the two parties, between Junior or Beckham Jr. and the Cleveland Browns. They finally decided to part ways, got that all het- or got that all settled, excuse me, and Beckham's been looking for some teams. I know the Patriots reached out. I know the Green Bay Packers reached out. I believe the Saints reached out. And then the team that actually got him, I didn't even know, was in contact with him. So today the news broke that Odell Beckham Jr. has signed with the Los Angeles Rams. That is right. Odell Beckham Jr. is heading to L.A. He will be joining the Rams and Matthew Stafford out there. And that's a, that's a heck of a duo out there now. The quarterback and receiver duo of Stafford and Beckham. That that's awesome, man. I'm I'm so happy for Junior for Beckham Jr. I think he I think he's good. I think he's really, really good at what he does. I know my Packers had reached out to him and were in talks, and I believe the Packers offered him the bare minimum of what they could. But I kind of have mixed feelings about whether I wanted Odo Beckham Jr. on my team or not. I honestly I was up in the air about it, if I'm being really honest with you guys. I like Odell Beckham Jr. I think he is a very talented wide receiver. But history has shown with him that there's a lot of baggage and there's a lot of drama when it comes to having Odell Beckham Jr. on your team. There's been reports from players and coaches that he's more worried about his stats and his performance rather than the team just winning in general. And that's not something that I want on my team. I'm going to be really honest. So I'm happy that he was able to get out of Cleveland because obviously that was not working for either side. But if the Packers had signed Odo Beckham Jr., I would have been, all right, cool. We have, we have a good, another good receiver to go for Aaron Rodgers on the other side of Devontae Adams, whatever. But now that he's not at the Packers, I'm okay with it. But he goes out to L.A., Odo Beckham Jr. signing with the Los Angeles Rams today, and that really makes them contenders out there in the NFC West. That is, that's big. That's huge for them. So good for him. He's out there at the Los Angeles Rams. And then the bigger news 
coming out just a little bit after that news. If you thought it couldn't get bigger than that, it did. We all know that Cameron Newton was a free agent. He had been released from the New England Patriots a while back. They have now gone with Mac Jones, who has panned out so far for the Patriots. So Cam Newton has been a free agent. But as of today, the Carolina Panthers reached out to Cam Newton because they lost their quarterback, Sam Darnold. He's out with an injury. The Panthers are, they were scrambling to find a quarterback. So they knew a guy that was looking for a job. So they reached out to Cam Newton, and they came to an agreement on a one-year deal to finish out this season. And Cam Newton, in his own words, is coming home to Carolina. The Panthers signed Cam Newton on a one-year deal. They gave him the minimum. He got $4.6 million guaranteed, I believe. He can earn up to $10 million on the season, which was more than what he was making at New England anyway. So it worked out, worked out best. The Panthers are under 500 as of right now, but why not bring in a guy like Cam Newton? You bring in a guy that the fan base loves, that everybody in Carolina wants to see back, and you also bring in a guy who's a proven winner. Yeah, he struggled in his past few seasons in the NFL, but he's also had some injury problems as well. But you bring in a guy that's going to win the locker room, you bring in a guy that's a proven winner, and you bring in a guy that's been there before. Not only in the NFL, he's obviously been to Carolina. This guy took the Carolina Panthers to Super Bowl 50. Of course, they would end up losing to Peyton Manning and the Broncos, but that was his MVP season back in 2015. He took this team to heights that they never thought they could reach as an organization. And so bringing in a guy like Cam Newton, who has been looking for a team, he's been desperate for a team for weeks and months now. You bring him in, and I think he's going to be an instant winner. I don't see any negative side to bringing Cam Newton back to Carolina. I think it's awesome. I was a huge Panthers fan when Cam played there. Always been a lifelong Packers fan, of course. But being an Auburn fan my whole life, being an Auburn student, we obviously cheer for Cam Newton when he's in the NFL. So cheering for Cam Newton and the Panthers when he was there before was a lot of fun. I don't plan on reestablishing my ultimate fandom for the Panthers now, but I support Cam Newton. I supported him when he played at New England. I don't like New England, but I supported Cam because I want him to do good because it represents Auburn. And everybody knows how good Cam Newton really is. So I think it's great. It's great news for Cam. It's great news for the Panthers. And I think it's a win-win. I don't see a negative side at all to this signing for the Panthers re-signing Cam Newton. Now, bringing him in, does it make them a playoff team? Maybe not. But it at least saves their season to some extent. Because right now, the Panthers are behind the Tampa Bay Bucks with Tom Brady, of course, in their division. And they're not going to catch them, and that's okay. But the Panthers were able to at least salvage somewhat of their season by signing Cam Newton instead of scrambling for some for somebody, anybody, to play quarterback. They went out and got a stud. They went out and got a real guy to play the quarterback position for that football team. So good for them. I think it's a win-win. Cam Newton going back to Carolina to at least finish out this season. And I hope what this leads to for Cam Newton is either more opportunities in Carolina or if he plays well enough this season and can prove that he can still compete at the highest level in the NFL, that this will lead to another job somewhere else for another team, a team that still needs a quarterback possibly next season. And I think that's probably what Cam Newton is thinking as well. I think he's probably thinking, and this is just my guess, but the Panthers have their guy. They have Sam Darnold. That is who they want. That's who they have chosen to be their quarterback. But he's not available right now. So now Cam Newton's able to come in, prove that he can still compete at a high level, prove that he can win again, prove that he's not injury prone, and I think that that can lead to some other job opportunities. So I hope it pans out well. I hope that he comes in and plays well. I hope he stays healthy. That is the biggest thing for Cam Newton 
that's what's hurt him literally and figuratively in the last few seasons is he just he can't stay healthy through a whole season and it's because of how he plays right it's because of his body style and his play style where if he if there's nowhere to throw the ball he's just going to tuck it and run and most franchises don't want their quarterbacks doing that for the obvious reasons of getting hurt but Cam Newton is not your typical quarterback so he gets hurt a lot because of how he plays but I hope he can stay healthy I hope he can prove himself yet again in the league in the NFL that he's a winner and he can still do it but this is what we're going to find out he's been begging for this opportunity he's wanted this opportunity and now he's got it he will start next I'm sure he'll start this week if possible if he clears the waivers and all that mess I'm sure he'll start this week, and he's got half a season to prove that he can get it done. I'm not saying he's going to lead them to the playoffs. I'm not saying that they're going to go on and win the Super Bowl, but I think salvaging a winning season would speak huge about what Cam Newton can still do and what he's got left in the tank. So we'll see how that plays out. Again, Carolina Panthers re-signing Cam Newton today, Cam Newton returning to Carolina to see what he can do, see if he can bounce back. And also, as I mentioned before, Odell Beckham Jr., after being released from the Cleveland Browns, is now signing with the Los Angeles Rams, where he will go out and play in Los Angeles. Two huge signings in the NFL today. Both of those broke within a couple hours of each other. So I wanted to talk about those tonight. I think that's really, really important. Those are are huge signings. They're huge impact players, and they're immediate impact players. That's what's so crazy about those two players if just because a a team signs somebody doesn't mean it's extremely newsworthy but these two guys they're big names they bring in the fans and they also compete at a high level and they do their job extremely well so that's why I wanted to highlight tonight everybody is focused on Odell Beckham Jr. on what he's going to do and then everybody loves Cam Newton everybody knows Cam Newton can play well he is a big name around football and around the league So two huge signings in the NFL today. Odo Beckham Jr. again signing with the Los Angeles Rams and Cam Newton re-signing with the Carolina Panthers. When we come back, we'll jump into number two of the big three. College basketball season is back. You're listening to Moonlight Madness here on Wego 91.1 FM. Welcome back to Moonlight Madness here on WGL 91.1 FM. I'm your host, Jacob Goins. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at Goins2Jacob. That is G-O-I-N-S, the number two, J-A-C-O-B, for all show updates and any other sporting news that's happening around the country. We're continuing on with the big three tonight and into number two. College basketball is back, ladies and gentlemen. The best sport in the world, college basketball is back. It started on Tuesday night. There was something like 200 games going on on Tuesday night I was trying to look at scores on multiple websites and multiple like apps on my phone to look at all the different scores and none of them could keep up none of them could update fully they all had different times and different scores for every single game that's how many games started on Tuesday night but the college basketball season is officially underway the men's starting on Tuesday night and there was, like I said, 200 and something games going on around college basketball. So it was it was an awesome thing to see. There were some good games that happened on TV, of course. The two big games up in Madison Square Garden on Tuesday night, kind of the highlight that started, you know, kind of just starts the basketball season off, gets it underway. Kansas and Michigan State, Kansas being number three in the country, they took care of Michigan State 87 to 74. But I'll tell you what. Those are two of the most historic coaches in the game of college basketball. Bill Self of Kansas and then Tom Izzo of Michigan State. Two historic coaches, historic programs. And what a scene it was there in Madison Square Garden. Of course, the other game played in Madison Square Garden. It was the Champions Classic. They've been doing this for a few years now. The first game, as I mentioned, was Kansas and Michigan State. And then the second game was a top 10 showdown, number 10 Kentucky took on number nine Duke there in New York City. The Blue Devils got it done 79-71 to over the Wildcats. But I'll tell you what, both of those teams looked solid on Tuesday night. I watched that game beginning to end, and it was, it was, it was a really, really good basketball game. A lot of young talent on both teams. Of course, Kentucky and Duke, known as the one-and-done programs in college basketball. So they're always rotating through players 
nonstop every single season. But I'll tell you what, man, those two teams look really, really good. I think both of those teams are going to compete not only in their conferences, but in the NCAA tournament. Uh, Duke is one of those favorites to make the Final Four and possibly win the national title, and Kentucky's favorite to be the best team in the SEC, as they are almost every year. So look out for both of those two teams. I'm really excited to watch where they go. But I'll tell you what, college basketball, it's back. I mean, that's all I can say. It is, it's back. It is in full throttle. We saw a lot of teams lose their bye games on the first night. I know – uh, Washington lost their bye game, so a game that they were supposed to win, that they paid a school to come in and play, they lost. So we saw that multiple times on thir- or excuse me, on Tuesday night, and so the college basketball season is off and running. We saw Ohio State have to hit a game-winning layup against Akron to avoid overtime. We saw multiple teams have to go to overtime to win. We saw Virginia, the number 25 team in the country, get beat by Navy at home. Virginia was at home, and they got beat by Navy by eight points. So Navy went in there and dominated. They were up by seven at the half and then ended up winning by eight overall. So a lot of teams struggled out of the gate, but then, of course, a lot of teams went off and running. They took care of business in their first little bye game just to try to get warmed up. But I really do respect Kentucky and Duke and Kansas and Michigan State opening up with a huge power, you know, power five, big time team, because it really shows you who your where your team is to start the season. And coaches talk about it all the time. You're going to learn more from that type of a game than Auburn playing Moorhead State opening night. Like you're going to know exactly where you stand when you play Kentucky or Duke versus playing some of these other schools. And that's no offense to these other schools. It's just the the quality of talent that is on a team like Duke, just can't compare to some of these smaller schools. So I like teams playing the big-time schools on opening night. I love it. It's just so it's so good for college basketball. It's good for the athletes. And I just think it's so much fun to watch. So college basketball is off and running. And so far, there's a lot of good teams. And I think the SEC is going to be one of the better conferences in college basketball. I'm going to go ahead and say it. I think the SEC is going to get seven or eight teams in the NCAA tournament. I think four or five SEC schools are going to really compete in the NCAA tournament. I think there's two or three schools that have legitimate Final Four opportunities. I think Kentucky has a really good shot. I think Alabama is going to be really good. I think Auburn is a dark horse to make a Sweet 16, Elite Eight, possible Final Four run. So the SEC is going to be really, really good. And, again, I I think they get seven or eight teams into the NCAA tournament. But I think there's going to be a lot of teams beating up on each other within the SEC. And that may hurt them come seeding time for the NCAA tournament, but it's only going to make them better. I think Arkansas is going to be really good. Another team that is really going to compete in the SEC, Tennessee. And there's just so many good teams within that conference that are really, really going to compete. And that's just something we are not used to seeing. We've seen it in the past three to four years, but 10 and 15 years ago, Kentucky ran the SEC. Every single season, Kentucky came in as the heavy favorite to win the SEC regular season and tournament title, and most of the time they would. And that was just how it went. Kentucky ran the SEC and then there was everybody else. But that's not the case anymore. The SEC is solid top to bottom. Besides, like, maybe two teams, everybody has a chance to beat everybody on any night when it comes to SEC basketball now. And that makes it so exciting when conference play rolls around at the end of December and 1st of January because teams better show up every single night and they better compete when you're playing in conference. And that's not just for the SEC. That's for every conference. But that's why I think it's so important before conference play rolls around for all these big-time schools to play big out-of-conference teams. I think it's important for schools like Kentucky and Duke to play each other. And for Auburn, you know, they go and play Nebraska in a couple of weeks over in Atlanta. That's just a good opportunity to play a high-level team and see where you stand. So 
I love college basketball. I think it's one of the most exciting sports to watch. There's so much passion and so much history with college basketball, and there's so many games on all the time. That's what's so cool about it. And, of course, it's got the best postseason out of any sport ever. That's not even – nobody can argue that. It's got the best postseason with March Madness. And, overall, I just – I love college basketball. And so it has started up again. It's back. As of right now, Gonzaga is the outright favorite to win the national title. They've never won it. They've gotten close. Oh, so close so many times. But they are definitely the favorite to win this season. They've still got a lot of talent there on that team. And the biggest problem is they just don't play anybody. That's my biggest thing. It's not that they're not talented because they are. And they make runs in the NCAA tournament every year the past few years. And, again, it's not that they're not talented. I just don't ever think they're prepared and ready for the gauntlet that is the NCAA tournament. I just don't think they are. Because when you play out in the West Coast and you play in a small conference against small schools, you just don't play the level of talent that some of these teams are playing in the SEC in the ACC, in the Big Ten, the Big 12, the Pac-12, all these major conferences, and not just those. You've got the Big East and, you know, the American, all these different conferences that have high-quality teams that play at such a high level and so many five- and four-star players that all these teams that play each other just become so much better than what Gonzaga does. And I just don't think Gonzaga benefits on beating up on teams by 30 and 40 points in conference play. I just don't I don't see how that's beneficial. And I think that's part of their problem. But they ultimate or excuse me, yeah, they pretty much have what people are saying the best player in college basketball, Drew Timmy. He's back for his junior season. He, you know, 6-10 forward. He is he's good. I, the dude can play basketball. And I've watched him for multiple years now, dominate in every game that he plays. But I still think Gonzaga's problem is that they don't play enough quality opponents in the regular season or in their conference tournament to 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 be good enough to compete and win seven games in a row in the NCAA tournament. But maybe this is the year they proved me wrong. But they are definitely the favorite as of right now to win the NCAA tournament. But that's going to do it for number two, college basketball, the best sport out there. It's back, it's in full throttle, and it's going to be a very exciting season. So moving on into number three of the big three here on Moonlight Madness, the new college football playoff rankings came out on Tuesday night. So in between the Champions Classic games for college basketball there in Madison Square Garden, they released the new college football playoff rankings and... There was, there was a lot of um, discussion about who was going to be put where, and then ultimately when the rankings came out, there was a lot of debate on whether they were, they were right or not and whether some teams should have been above some teams, if some teams should have been below some teams. And so there was a lot of debate about it, but the new rankings came out on Tuesday night. This is the second college football playoff rankings of the season. You had Georgia at number one, Alabama at number two. No, those two did not change. You have Oregon at number three. Ohio State slipped into number four. The Cincinnati Bearcats moved up to number five. And then here's where things got interesting. The Michigan Wolverines were number six. Michigan State Spartans, number seven. And then Oklahoma, number eight. Notre Dame at nine. And Oklahoma State at ten. So obviously... No argument about Georgia being number one. They are the dominant team in college football. Basically, right now, it's Georgia and then everybody else. I don't care what happens up underneath because Georgia's too good. They're better than everybody else by leagues and miles ahead of everybody else. I've said it all year long. I've said it every single week on this show. This is Georgia's year, and if they don't win it this year, they will never win it. If they don't win this year fire Kirby Smart, I'm serious, because they have so much talent and so much skill, and they're just so much better than everybody else. It's stupid how good they are. They're already going to Atlanta for the SEC championship game. They're going to be in the playoff, and they're going to destroy everybody they play. That includes Alabama, by the way, if they have to play them. They will beat Bama 
easily. So no argument at Georgia being number one. Bama at number two, I'm okay with that. Oregon at three, sure. They're above Ohio State. They beat them. You remember week two, Oregon went to the shoe and beat Ohio State. So remember that. Cincinnati at five. So remember they started out at seven, I believe, in the first rankings. They've now moved up. So they're one spot out of the college football playoff. They're still 9-0. and They're doing what they got to do. They're winning out. That's all they do. All Cincinnati can do right now is win. They can beat the people in front of them and hope for chaos above them. Because as of right now, Georgia and Alabama still have to play each other. I think Georgia would beat Alabama, and I think Cincinnati maybe would be able to slip in. Or if Oregon and Ohio State slip up, then I think they're going to slip Cincinnati in. They've moved them up. They've got them right on the outside. I don't think they're going to – I don't think they would move them up to number five and then have teams jump above them and not get them in the playoff. So Cincinnati fans, you know, just keep your fingers crossed, but just make sure your team wins. That's all you can do if you're Cincinnati. But then here's where the drama was. Michigan at six and Michigan State at seven. Now, this was the problem that a lot of people had, a lot of the guys on ESPN, a lot of people in in the sports media world. This is the problem they had. If you remember, Michigan State beat Michigan in a head-to-head battle. Michigan State beat the Wolverines. Now, both teams are 8-1. And, and of course, Michigan State last week lost to an unranked Purdue. Purdue made the rankings. They are down in here 19 right now. So good for Purdue. They've gotten some big wins this season. So they beat Michigan State last week. But people wanted Michigan State still be above Michigan because they beat them head-to-head. Honestly, I see where they're coming from. But if you want my opinion, I don't think it matters because this is only the second rankings. There's still three games to be played in the regular season plus conference championship games. So that's going to change anyway. It doesn't matter. Both of those teams still have to play Ohio State. I'm pretty sure both of those teams still have to play Penn State. So those teams are going to lose. Somebody's going to lose. Ohio State, Michigan, and Michigan State. They're all 8-1. and So some of them are going to lose. So the rankings are going to change anyway. So it doesn't really matter where they're ranked right now. I understand the concept that Michigan State should be above Michigan because of the head-to-head win. But in my opinion, it just doesn't matter. I mean – because it's going to change anyway. Texas A&M at 11 after beating Auburn last week. They're 11, or excuse me, they are 7-2. and two. They have an outside shot to make, make it to Atlanta for an SEC championship game against Georgia. They would have to win out and then Auburn to beat Alabama, I believe. So we'll see if they can pull that off. They have a big battle against number 15 Ole Miss this weekend, who is also 7-2. and two. Ole Miss would have to have a lot happen for them to make it to Atlanta. Uh, Auburn at 17, and... Couple schools, San Diego State now at 22. UTSA is now ranked at 23 at 9 and 0, and Arkansas back in the rankings at 25 at 6 and 3. Well, that's going to wrap up number three and the big three here on Moonlight Madness. When we come back, I'm going to take a look around Auburn Athletics. You're listening to Moonlight Madness on WGL 91.1 FM. Welcome back to Moonlight Madness here on Wego 91.1 FM. I'm your man Jacob Goins. We are halfway through the show tonight, and it is just me in here if you haven't heard anybody else talking. It's just me tonight, so we are back to the original days where it's just been me. But it's been a lot of fun so far. We already wrapped up the big three, so now we are going to take a look around Auburn Athletics. So in football for Auburn last week, of course, they went on the road to take on Texas A&M in a top 15 showdown. The Tigers offense, I don't think they went with them out there to Aggieland, and they fell 20-3 to in what was a very defensive game until late. Auburn just struggled on the offensive end, only getting three points. Uh, Had a couple turnovers and just never could get anything going on the offensive side of the ball. Credit to A&M's defense, though. They showed up and played really well. But I'll say Auburn's defense played really well, too. So, again, that was a 3-3 game in the fourth quarter until Auburn had a couple turnovers and eventually let A&M have a score. They had – Texas A&M had a fumble recovery for a touchdown. So, it was just – it was just kind of a bloodbath there in Texas A&M. Neither team could really pull away until the end. Auburn just couldn't get it done on the offensive side, and they would fall to Texas A&M 20-3. But this week they host Mississippi State at home this Saturday at 11 a.m. We'll see how the fans turn out for an 11 a.m. kick after a loss. 
you just never know. I mean, we could we could pack the house. I hope we do. I hope the students still come out. I hope the fans still come and support this Auburn team because they've still got a lot to play for. This is Brian Harson's first season. These are none of his players, and he's still doing a pretty good job, if you ask me. I think he has gotten a lot out of these players, and there's still a lot of talent on that team. I'm not hating on any of the players. I think they have a lot of talent, a lot of skill, and they got a lot of heart. I'll give them that. They fought every every single play of that game last week against Texas A&M. So if you're listening, if you're an Auburn fan or Auburn student, come out, come to Jordan-Hare Stadium Saturday morning, get up, drink your cup of coffee, and get to the stadium and support these guys because they still have a lot to play for. They have a huge say in what happens in the SEC West. So get to Jordan-Hare Stadium Saturday, 11 a.m. for a kickoff against Mississippi State. Uh, that's a It used to be a ranked game, but not anymore. But Auburn football hosting Mississippi State at Jordan-Hare Stadium on Saturday. I hope to see Auburn win this game, and then they play at South Carolina next week. So I hope to see Auburn win these two games. And then that would give Brian Harson an eight-win season. Auburn currently at six and three. If they win these two games like they should, they'll be eight and three. And then with an opportunity to beat Alabama at home, keep Alabama out of the SEC championship game and out of the playoff race. So that's going to be a huge game. And then also Auburn has a chance to win a bowl game. So Brian Harson has a chance to win anywhere between eight and ten games in his first season with none of his players, that's huge. And I think that speaks testament to what he's doing, the system that he's running for our football program. So I like Brian Harson. I think he's doing a heck of a job. And this football team deserves every ounce of support from every Auburn fan because they really do have a lot of heart, and they're playing for their coach, and they're playing for the fans. So Auburn football still has a lot to prove, a lot to play for. They host Mississippi State this Saturday at 11 a.m. in Jordan-Hare Stadium. For Auburn soccer, they got some great news on Monday afternoon. The NCAA tournament for women's soccer, they had their selection show on Monday afternoon, and Auburn was selected to be in the NCAA tournament, but not just play in the NCAA tournament. They earned a top 16 seed in the tournament, which means they get to host the first round game of the NCAA tournament. So Auburn was selected Auburn women's soccer was selected in the NCAA tournament. They earned the 16 seed of the tournament, and they will be hosting Samford on Friday afternoon. That's tomorrow at 5 o'clock at the Auburn Soccer Complex, 5 o'clock Central Time, Auburn Soccer Complex here in Auburn, Alabama. So Auburn get to host an NCAA tournament game. That is super exciting. I know the girls were really, really excited. Coach Hoppe was extremely excited, proud of the girls for battling near the end of this season. They've hit some bumps in the road, but I think they're ready to regroup, reset, and take on and make a run in this NCAA tournament for women's soccer. So the women's soccer team for Auburn hosting Sanford tomorrow at 5 o'clock over at the Auburn Soccer Complex. But if you can't make it, we will be broadcasting live, WGL 91.1 FM. We will be there live broadcasting that event here on the radio it will be Aiden Kowalski and myself with Gavin going to be here in the studio. So we'll be broadcasting an NCAA tournament game here on Weagle. We are really, really excited for this opportunity. And I think it's going to be a great broadcast. we got a great crew running it. So the show will go live about 4.45 tomorrow. That is 4.45 Central Time right here on Weagle 91.1 FM or on WGLFM.com under the Listen Live tab. We will go live about 4.45 and the kickoff will be at 5 o'clock for Auburn soccer in the NCAA tournament against Sanford. And as I mentioned before, basketball season is underway. Auburn's men's basketball team started out on Tuesday night with a 77-54 victory over Moorhead State. Point guard Wendell Green led the way with 19 points for the Tigers. A lot of new faces there for Auburn and Bruce Pearl. You had Wendell Green and Jabari Smith and Walker Kessler and all those guys, a lot of transfers, a lot of young guys coming in. So a lot of talent on that Auburn men's basketball team. They came out and really lit it up in the first half and then kind of slowed it down a little bit in the second half, kind of missed some shots there, but they got it done. Easy win, 77-54 to over Moorhead State. They will play again tomorrow in Auburn Arena. They will host University of Louisiana Monroe. That game is tomorrow in Auburn Arena. I believe it is at 7 o'clock. So if you're in Auburn, go to the soccer game at 5 and then run over and go to the Auburn Arena and watch Auburn basketball. 
compete against Louisiana Monroe. And tonight, the Auburn women's basketball team gets underway for their season opener. They are over currently at Auburn Arena right now. They are up against Georgia Southern, and they are currently winning 22-20 to with four and a half to go in the second quarter. Of course, women's basketball playing quarters as the men's play halves. So Auburn up 22-20 to there in the second corner over at Auburn Arena. Of course, this is Coach Johnny Harris's first season at Auburn. She's the new women's basketball coach. She's gotten a lot of support so far from the players and the fans. She had a, a fantastic signing day yesterday for – or yeah, I think it was yesterday for a lot of good talent coming in to that Auburn women's basketball program. So a lot of good support so far for them and really excited to see where she takes this women's basketball program. And then, of course, Auburn women's volleyball. Last night they hosted South Carolina for a one-game series. They got swept 3 to nothing. Just a tough night for Auburn volleyball. We had that broadcasted live here on Weagle, and just a tough night for Auburn all around. They – just seemed to be outmatched and never could really get it going. They were swept 3-0 from a good South Carolina team whose record did not duplicate and show how good that team really was. So now Auburn Volleyball will be traveling to Florida next week for a one-game series against the Gators before coming home and hosting the defending national champions, Kentucky Wildcats, on November 20th and 21st. That is a Saturday and Sunday in Auburn Arena. We will have both of those matches right here on Weagle 91.1 FM. So that is next weekend for Auburn Volleyball. They will be hosting the defending national champions, Kentucky Wildcats. So a lot going on around Auburn this weekend. As I mentioned, Auburn women's basketball playing tonight. The Auburn men's basketball team is playing tomorrow. The Auburn soccer team is playing tomorrow. And then Auburn football playing on Saturday morning. So a lot going on here around the Plains. If you're here in Auburn, if you're a student or a fan, Get out and support our Auburn Athletics. They, they're they all kind of here right now. And Auburn Volleyball played last night. So it's been a busy, you know, Auburn Basketball Tuesday, Volleyball Wednesday, Women's Basketball Thursday, Soccer Friday, Men's Basketball Friday, and Football on Saturday. If you're an Auburn fan, you cannot ask for anything better than that. That is five straight days with multiple sports going off on every day. So that I mean, you can't ask for anything better if you're an Auburn fan, and especially an Auburn student. Take advantage of this. Go to these events. All the events are free besides football. So go to these events and support the Auburn Tigers. Take it all in because it doesn't really get better than that. So that's going to be it for taking a look around Auburn athletics. When we come back, I'm going to give you a live score update from across the country for basketball, hockey, football, all those great sports, and then we will end with everybody's favorite segment, What Are the Odds? You're listening to Moonlight Madness here on Weagle 91.1 FM. Welcome back into Moonlight Madness here on WGL 91.1 FM. I'm Jacob Goins. We are entering the final segment here on the show on this Thursday evening, November 11th. So first, I'm going to run through some live scores of college football, NFL football, NBA, and NHL, and then we will get into What Are the Odds? So starting on Thursday night football in the NFL, the Ravens taking on the Miami Dolphins. The Ravens are 6-2, and two, and on a hot streak so far, they are currently up 3 to nothing in the first quarter on the Miami Dolphins. Going to college football tonight, a couple games going on. Pittsburgh and North Carolina, two high-powered offenses going at it there in Pitt. So Pittsburgh is currently up 17-7 on North Carolina with about 6.5 to go in the second quarter. That is the only top 25 game going off tonight in college football. Pittsburgh again on top of North Carolina, 17-7. And that is the only game going on in college football at all. So we're going to go to the NBA. So a lot of NBA games going on tonight around the country. You've got the Toronto Raptors taking on the Philadelphia 76ers. The Raptors currently on top, 83-78 at the start of the fourth quarter. Two more games to go off tonight. The Indiana Pacers taking on the Utah Jazz. That game will get started at 8 o'clock Central Time, so about 15 minutes. And the Miami Heat out on the West Coast taking on the Los Angeles Clippers. That game will get going at 9.30 Central Time. So going over to hockey real quick. Just to give you an update on some of the scores there before we get to what are the odds. 
the Edmonton Oilers taking on the Boston Bruins. That is a score of 3-2 to two in favor of Boston at the end of the second period. The Flames and the Canadiens are currently tied at 2 at the end of the second period. Or excuse me, that is 3-2 to two in favor of the Flames. The Kings taking on the Senators. They are currently up one to nothing at the end of the second. The New Jersey Devils are beating the New York Islanders 2-0 to zero at the end of the second period. Pittsburgh Penguins taking on the Florida Panthers. They are currently up 2-1 to one at the end of the second period. The Washington Capitals taking on the Detroit Red Wings. They are up 2-0 to zero halfway through the second period. St. Louis Blues hosting the Nashville Predators. The Blues are up 2-0 nearing the end of the first period. At the end of the first period, the Sharks and the Jets currently tied at 1. Three more games to go off tonight in the NHL. The Canucks taking on the Avalanche. The Wild taking on the Vegas Golden Knights. And the Seattle Kraken hosting the Anaheim Ducks. That's going to do it for the live score update. So we're going to move into what are the odds. So what are the odds if you're new here on Moonlight Madness? I'm going to run through the upcoming betting odds for college and NFL. It's pretty simple. We run through the spreads, the totals, and the over-under for each matchup in college and NFL. We're going to look at the money line, the spread, and the total amount of points that the bettors in Vegas think is going to happen. So I'm going to make my official picks. Last week, I went 3-2, and two, so not great, but not terrible. I went 3-2 and two on my five picks last week. My overall record, since I've started doing this here on Moonlight Madness, I'm 17-10 and 10 overall. So not too bad. I'm up you're, I'm up money if you're with me. So I'm 17-10 and 10 overall. I've got four picks for you tonight. I've got two in college and two in NFL. So I will give you those as we run through. But for anybody that is not familiar with how betting works for football, we'll start in college. But pretty much how it goes is we will use the game tonight as an example. So Pittsburgh taking on North Carolina. North, or excuse me, Pittsburgh is a minus six and a half favorite, which means they are favored to win by six and a half points or more. So basically, they're favored to win by seven points. The money line is minus 240. So Pittsburgh is minus 240. They are the favorite. North Carolina is plus 200. And the total, the over under is 72. So what all that means is Pittsburgh is minus six and a half. So if you put money on that, they have to win by seven points or more for you to win. If you put money, on North Carolina at plus six and a half. That means they are the underdog, so they can win or lose by up to six points, and you would still win. If you put money on the money line, Pittsburgh is minus 240, which means they are a favorite. You have to put $240 to win $100 if they're the favorite. But if they're the underdog, like North Carolina, at plus 200, you put $100 to win $200. So the team that's minus is the favorite. The team that's plus is the underdog. And then the over-under or the total, that is what the betters in Vegas believe the total amount of points from both sides combined will be. So tonight it was 72 for that game between Pitt and North Carolina. So you can either take the over if you think they're going to score more than 72 points, or you can take the under and they're going to score less than 72 points. So that's how the odds work in betting. We're going to run through college and then NFL. And like I said, I have four picks for you tonight, two in college and two in the NFL. So I already gave you the odds for the game tonight in college, so we're going to move to some games tomorrow night on Friday evening. The Cincinnati Bearcats, number five team in the country, taking on South Florida. Cincinnati is minus 23 on the spread, minus 2,400 on the money line, so huge favorites for Cincinnati. And the over-under there is 57.5. Another game tomorrow night, Wyoming and Boise State. Boise State is 13.5-point favorites, basically saying they are favored to win by two touchdowns. The money line is minus 650, so big-time favorites. Over-under is 48.5. So quite a few points predicted there in those two games tomorrow night. Then starting on Saturday, first and foremost, Auburn and Mississippi State here on the Plains. Auburn is minus 220 on the money line, minus 5.5 on the spread. So Auburn is favored to beat Mississippi State. I like minus 5.5 for Auburn. I'm going to make that my first official pick of the night. I like Auburn to bounce back from that loss last week. Take care of business at home. I like Auburn minus 5.5 against Mississippi State. The over-under is also 50 in that game. I kind of like the over there, too. I'm not going to say that's an official pick, but maybe like the over there. But my official pick is Auburn minus 5.5 against Mississippi State. Oklahoma and Baylor. 
on Saturday. Oklahoma is minus five and a half favorites over Baylor, minus 230 money line, and the over-under is 62 points. Of course, there's a lot of points predicted in that game. It always is in the Big 12 with the high-powered offenses. So Oklahoma, only five and a half point favorites over Baylor. Oklahoma kind of looked a little shaky here this season. They're still undefeated, so they're doing what they got to do. A big matchup in the Big 10 Penn State and Michigan. Michigan is currently uh, minus one and a half. So they are only favored to win by two points. The money line is minus 125 with an over-under of 48 and a half. So a close game there, not predicting a ton of points. So kind of tread lightly on that game. That's tough. I'm not sure. I would say Michigan, but you never know. That's kind of a game that Michigan can walk in there and lose, especially with Penn State. Iowa and Minnesota, another big-time Big Ten matchup. Iowa minus five on the spread, minus 200 on the money line with an over-under of 37. Ohio State and Purdue, another Big Ten matchup. Ohio State currently three touchdown favorites at minus 21 on the spread, minus 1,600 on the money line. So big favorites with an over-under of 62 and a half points. Moving on to the SEC, Georgia and Tennessee. Georgia at playing at Tennessee, I believe. And Georgia is currently minus 20. So almost a three-touchdown favorite against the Vols. The money line's pretty big, and then the over-under is 56 total points. I just don't see Tennessee scoring a whole lot of points, and Georgia, I mean, Georgia's going to score, man. They're going to do what they want to do. So take that one if you will. I'm going to stay away from it. But, again, Georgia minus 20 over Tennessee. Back to the Big Ten. Michigan State currently 13-point favorites over Maryland with a minus 550 money line and an over-under of 61 points. I don't know about that. That's a lot of points for the Big Ten. I know those teams can kind of score, but that's a lot of points for the Big Ten. I'm going to go ahead and say that. So not an official pick, but that's a lot of points. I'm going to go ahead and say it. One of the big matchups in the SEC, Texas A&M and Ole Miss. Texas A&M is currently two-and-a-half-point favorites over Ole Miss with minus 135 on the money line with an over-under of 57 points. Those two teams can score, but Texas A&M showed last week they have a good defense. So that's going to be probably one of the better games in the SEC all week long. So now moving on to the – oh, I'm sorry. I had Ole Miss and Texas A&M under 57. So whatever I just said, I'm taking Ole Miss and Texas A&M, and I'm going to take under 57 points. I think A&M's defense – I was just talking about it, right? I like A&M's defense. They showed they can do it against Auburn. I think they can do it against Ole Miss and hold them to enough points. And I went back and forth on this one. I was trying to decide if I liked the over or the under, but I'm going to take the under, okay? I'm going to take the under. I know the saying is life too, life's too short to take the under, but I'm going to take it anyway. I like the under 57 Ole Miss, Texas A&M. So now let's move on to the NFL to wrap up the show, starting with the game tonight that is currently on. Ravens are currently up 3 to nothing, as I said before. But Baltimore was eight-and-a-half-point favorites over the Dolphins with an over-under of 46 points. So, so far, total not looking great there, and Baltimore is on track to cover the spread so far. Now moving into Sunday, Jaguars at the Colts. The Colts are currently ten-and-a-half-point favorites over the Jacksonville Jaguars with an over-under of 47-and-a-half. Seems like a lot of points, if you ask me. And moving on into some more games for the NFL, the Browns and the Patriots. That's going to be a heck of a game there on Sunday. New England currently two-and-a-half-point favorites, minus 135 on the money line with an over-under of 45 points. Moving on, Falcons at the Cowboys. Cowboys are currently nine-point favorites with a minus 430 money line, and 54-and-a-half is the total there. A lot of points predicted. We know both of those teams can score, so watch out for that one. The Bills and the Jets. Buffalo currently minus 12 favorites against the struggling Jets. I'm actually going to take that pick and make it my third official pick of the night. I like Buffalo minus 12 against the Jets. I just think Buffalo is the dominant team here. They're the much better team. And I'm going to take the Bills. I think they win by two-plus touchdowns. So give me the Bills minus 12. That's my third official pick of the night. The over-under is 47.5. That seems like a lot of points. Uh, So if you want to possibly – tail those together you could take the under 47 and a half if you want to but definitely take bills minus 12 and I know I always say stay away from double digit favorites in the NFL it's one of my things I say stay away from but this is one one time that I'm going to allow you guys to go away from it I'm not going to steer you wrong here I like the bills minus 12 against the Jets on Sunday 
Saints and the Titans. This should, should be a pretty good game. Tennessee three-point favorites as of right now over the Saints with a total of 44 points. I kind of like the over there. I think those teams can kind of get some points on the board. But the Saints have been struggling on offense, so maybe not. Tampa Bay Buccaneers visiting the Washington football team. Tampa Bay currently nine-and-a-half-point favorites, 450 on the money line, and a total of 51 points. Lions and the Steelers. The Steelers are currently eight-point favorites over a struggling Detroit team. Uh, money line is minus 380, and the total is 42-and-a-half there in Pittsburgh. Vikings and the Chargers. Chargers are currently three-point favorites over the Vikings, minus 170 on the money line, and an over-under of 53. Panthers and the Cardinals, Cam Newton, should be starting on Sunday. I believe he will be, as long as he clears all the waivers and everything like that. He should be starting on Sunday, playing against Kyler Murray and the red-hot Arizona Cardinals. That's going to be a heck of a game. The Cardinals are currently 10.5-point favorites with a five minus 550 money line over under a 44. And I looked earlier when I was looking through these. That's still the line as of right now. That is the, that is the spread right now. So if Cam Newton plays, I'm not sure if it's been adjusted, but that was what it was right now. So I'm going to say that he is. So give me Carolina plus 10.5 with Cam Newton. I think he can make that game close in his first game back. Give me Carolina plus 10.5. That's my fourth official pick of the night. We can kind of put an asterisk by that one in case it changes if Cam Newton is 100% playing on Sunday. So if he's not, I'll stay away from it. But if that's the line with Cam Newton starting Sunday for the Carolina Panthers, give me the Panthers plus 10.5. And the Seahawks visiting the Packers. There's some quarterback questions here, whether Russell Wilson's going to be ready to go with his finger for the Seahawks and whether Aaron Rodgers is going to be able to go off the COVID list for Green Bay. Currently, Green Bay is three-and-a-half-point favorites, minus 175 on the money line with an over-under of 49-and-a-half. I'm going to stay away from that just because of all the questions on the sides of the quarterbacks. Eagles and Broncos trying to wrap up here real quick. The Broncos are currently two-and-a-half-point favorites over the Eagles on Sunday with a total of 45-and-a-half. Chiefs and Raiders, that'll be a good one. Chiefs are currently two-and-a-half-point favorites over Las Vegas. Kansas City minus 140, Las Vegas plus 120 with an over-under of 51-and-a-half. In the Monday night game, the Rams with Odell Beckham Jr. now visiting the 49ers. The Rams are currently four-point favorites with an over-under of 49. Well, that is going to do it for me here in the Weagle Studio, and that's going to do it for Moonlight Madness on this Thursday, November 11th. I want to thank you all so much for tuning in this week. It's been a lot of fun. Remember, you can look up Moonlight Madness wherever you get your podcast, and make sure to tune in every Thursday right here on Weagle 91.1 FM for Moonlight Madness Thursdays from 7 to 8 Central Time. I'm Jacob Goins, War Eagle. Thanks for listening to Moonlight Madness. Tune in next Thursday at 7 right here on Weagle 91.1 FM Auburn. If you ever miss a show, just search Moonlight Madness on your podcast app of choice. Tune in next time for Moonlight Madness, Thursdays at 7 right here on Weagle 91.1 FM.